And now, from Grid Square Echo Mike 48, this is 100 Watts and a Wire. Ah, hello and welcome. Amateur Radio Amplified on 100 Watts and a Wire. It's Christian. My call sign is Kilo Zero Sierra Tango Hotel. Whether you're an experienced ham radio operator or just getting started, this podcast is designed to mentor, entertain, and provide a welcoming community for radio enthusiasts around the globe. We cover news, topics, and information from the world of amateur radio, and you're listening to episode number 389, Ham Radio Microphone Options, How to Improve Voice Operations. And uh, you can tune into the live recording every Sunday at 6 o'clock Central Time or catch up on the podcast by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. We welcome your questions and comments via social media and the live chat. And everybody's here and excited. I wish I had written a better song for this one. Uh, Steve W7UDI is here. Scotty KC3BXN. How's it going, fellas? Oh, it's going. Just been a great week so far. Yeah, good times, uh, sounds good time. Little, little facetious. He sounds a little yes. facetious. <laughs> we were talking in the pre-show a little bit about how we're all getting kicked in the ding ding, uh, and oh, we're only big time. <laughs> I mean, I, we're only so deep into this, so to speak. This, I mean, but we're already at February, and I think we all are feeling like, where did this all come from? Where uh, so, did this train come from? Was it the L the L line there, Scotty, that just gonna, ran us over or something like that? We're going to have to talk to the conductor. Choo-choo! <laughs> 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 we <get> railroaded here. <laughs> <laughs> Scotty is the conductor. All right, guys, I know we have a lot of excitement. If you have a question, put a cue in front of it and drop it in our chat. Everybody's welcome to join us when we do this. Our friends from TikTok and Facebook and YouTube and Discord. And a lot going on. We're going to talk about uh, winter field day today. Uh, Several of our friends got out there and they were doing it. We've got some uh, photographs to share tonight. Maybe next week we'll do a recap, find out what worked for the people. I always love to do uh, sort of a debrief and talk about what worked, what didn't work. I was a guy early on who took everything and the kitchen sink because you never know when you needed to wash your hands. And then every time out. Whether it was a field less. day or a winter field and day, less. you know, just sort of less and less and less and less. And less. <clears throat> it's tough for guys less like us, right? I, I think it's because we're into redundancy. I, I believe mm-hmm. in redundancy in my job. I'm positive you guys would too. Scotty's probably, I mean, if you got one XLR cable, you you don't have, you know, you have one microphone. That's not enough. So carrying that over into these sort of portable operations, redundancy became a you know, thing you had to kind of really think about how much you can carry. What can you leave behind? And maybe next week we'll dig into that uh, just a little bit. What do you think about that, Steve? Oh, yeah. Well, there's always the what if we're, we're going to do this. Let's set up this and set up that. And then afterwards, it's like, it's too freaking cold out there. Let's just put up the bare minimums and get back into the warmth of whatever we're in, whether it's a trailer, a house, a tent, uh, whatever. It's just, uh, let's get by and get it done. Yeah. Scotty, what do you think about that going portable? I know we we don't need to talk about our situations quite yet, but I mean, in terms of what I was talking about with taking all that you can't leave behind. Right. My my problem I ran into is that uh, I had, like you, I took everything in in the kitchen sink, and then slowly I pull it out to use it in the shack at home, and then... I go to, oh, yeah, I got that in the kit, and then I go to use it. I'm like, oh, darn, it's <laughs> it's not here. It's at the house. Shoot. Yeah, Shoot. I always took too much, and I had the luxury of having a truck that I could pack to the gills, and, and I did it quite a bit, you know, and I'd still find something that I was missing. It would be the smallest dumb thing, but we'll get into some portable talk. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, it's a good conversation and how to modify and how to edit. But it's hard for guys like us who are so into redundancy. And Steve, with your like professional job, there's no way when you were climbing towers, you know, you you would go off hours onto the road. You're going off road, way deep into the cut. You have to prepare. So, mm-hmm. uh, was it better, hard, harder for you as uh, from your profession to any portable kind of thinking? 
Yeah, on the professional side, it was uh, carrying more crap and stuff and parts in, in our trucks than we really need. But every now and then, there was always that one-off that, uh, oh, crud, I need that part. Oh, I do have it. It's buried in the truck. And then spend the next half an hour trying to find where I buried that uh, device. <laughs> so, But, you know, climbing towers, it's like thinking about, okay, what do I need? Go up the tower. What am I going to carry? Because everything you put in your ditty bag or your in your bucket is just more weight. And uh, it was like, okay. So, yeah, there was, there was stuff that it was, you know, for tools and things. It was like, okay, this will be dual purpose. And uh, do I really need that ratchet wrench or will they just a crescent wrench work? Yeah, when you go too deep in the weeds, literally, I've talked to Steve and he had to cut, I showed photographs where he's just driving through open fields to get to the tower or the site. And I'm thinking, man, you got to pack it up. But he's got some beautiful, when we do this show, this episode, we'll show some of your pack out situations and those stack of moles, the Milwaukee's. <laughs> that was a, uh, you know, and I hadn't even had a cocktail today. Oh, uh, the stackable Milwaukee. There's your problem. That is my problem. Usually I'm a real smooth talker. Uh, get on that train and I'm smooth talking. Uh, but anyhow, um, your your pack out situation is just so beautiful that we'll have to share some of those images again. So if you're listening to the podcast coming up on future episodes, we'll share some of that. And uh, anyway, let's get into our microphones today. If you caught the pre-show, you saw us kind of uh, being a little freaky and passionate <laughs> With our microphones, I uh, I just have one handy. This one is my love. This one right here is my girl. Just happen to have an RE20 handy. Just have an RE20. Again, this was a gift to me, um, and I don't have it in service. It's actually more of a symbolic piece, but um, we figure we talk about some microphones today, and I want to share a little story with you, then we can kind of get into a little bit of the breakdown of, you know, what what you can use, what you can expect on ham radio. And I'll go back several years to a discussion I had uh, with uh, K9EID, Bob Heil, right? So he's got books. He's done all this amazing audio work. He's, you know, one of the people. It's a true audio, I will say pioneer. He's an important player in the Absolutely. game. Absolutely. And, and that's nothing to do with the amateur radio side, but he credits amateur radio for all the positive, great things in his professional career, which is pro sound. Anyhow, anyway, I had a conversation with him years ago and I had a microphone. I wanted to know what to buy. I wanted it to sound like this. I never wanted to sound affected. I, I didn't need to, if, if I could give something on my body to same, uh, sound like James Earl Jones, you got it. Earl Bailey, Take the right one. How about that? Just and then if I could do that, <laughs> you know, absolutely. But you know, I just wanted to sound like me, natural. And we had this conversation back when you, you did things on Zoom. Remember that? I mean, not Zoom, uh, uh, <laughs> Skype. Zoom. Actually, Skype. That was it. Yeah, the pre pre Zoom. He would say, "Hey, like, hit me up on Skype." You know, you say that now, and it's like, wow, drive your 1966 Beetle over here, and we'll like, want me to oh. want me to page you first. Nine one one star nine one one, and I'll know it's you. And uh, yeah, we'll get on the Skype. But I, I remember talking to him, and and not really understanding the kind of, and uh, the fellows will pick me up here when I say something wrong here. But you know, I I was talking to him and he was essentially saying look you're trying to take this much audio and press it into this much space so mm -hmm. generally you're not going to get the full fidelity that you're expecting say that you would get on the broadcast side because you're only dealing with so much and I think it opened something in my mind because I didn't ha you know we're all not privy to have these conversations with audio pioneers he helped me change my thinking on things. It didn't stop me from really trying hard to continue seeking the best possible audio I could find uh, within that range that we're, we're dealing with. But it did help me understand that you're, you sound a little different because, you know, you're, you're getting compressed. 
Uh, Steve, pick it up here, and and uh, I, I'll bring Scotty in as well because compression is not the term I'm going for in that. But I'm I'm kind of well, squeezing we're audio the in. bandwidth. We're squeezing the bandwidth. So <clears throat> in the communications world, you know, in radio, in the uh, land mobile two way radio, or even on your on the telephone lines, it um, we're typically dealing with an audio frequency range of about 300 hertz to about three kilohertz and um and that's where the majority of our our voices are it's where you get down into the lows that will be below 300 and and anything above four to five six k is definitely going to end up being on the high side but for for radio we're just kind of limited right into this little narrow lane of uh you know Think of the freeway that we're going down and we got six lanes of traffic going in one direction. Well, for us, we're kind of sitting in one lane and uh, in broadcasts are taking up all six lanes. That's the wide load. And uh, but for for us here in amateur radio and land mobile, even on the old telephone, it was we just got this one little lane of 300 to three kilohertz or thirty two hundred uh tops and uh so that's why how christian is referring to as being compressed down uh, we're not dealing with broadcast scotty pick it up from there of things that you've heard us talking about so far and and uh, this is an audio engineer by trade so um, coming into ha- ham radio and how was that transition for you um, well, yeah, I mean, and Steve was right. It's a, uh, you know, in the audio, we would refer to that as a, a bandpass filter, um, kind of filtering out the, the high frequencies and the low frequencies. Uh, the, the narrower bandwidth of the audio frequency that we find in communications goes, goes all the way back to the early telephone system. Um, and uh, the, the power and intelligibility of the human voice um, is roughly 300 hertz to, say, 3 or 4K. Uh, anything below that and beyond that is um, kind of more part of the more complex waveform that adds fidelity to the sound. But the the fundamentals of the sound are are kind of right there in the middle. And we're trying to communicate. You know, I'm not uh, you know, I'm not trying to play the, the the new recording I did for my friend over the phone. Listen to that. Listen to how great that snare drum sounds. The the fidelity is just too bad. But if I'm trying to reach out someone to convey some information or relay information or, or or even in an emergency situation you know i just want the power of the intelligible part of the voice to to get through and that's the way communication systems have been designed um for, for well over a century let's talk about the kind of microphones because all of that said it isn't to say you can't use a normal microphone like a dynamic microphone like this one although this would be an expensive option for you and i don't recommend it uh, especially starting out for new amateur radio operators. It takes some love. And even Mr. Hiles' PR-40, his PR-30s, and maybe others, they need some gain settings. They need to be brought up in a way, and, and it, it takes some uh, training and some skill and maybe even some mentoring to do that, and we're happy to have those conversations with you as we go as well. But but that's what I've noticed. This mic right here needs needs some gain. You need to take care of that. And if you get a little crazy and start pushing too much compression, there you go. But let's talk about the kinds of microphones. I mentioned the dynamic. We've also mentioned uh, condenser microphones. And when I first got on HF radio, I would hear folks like Bob Heil talk about, I wish I could do his voice, but it's somewhere in there, you know, but it was like, but you can hear everything in the darn room. You know, it was kind of, he didn't dig the kind of mic I'm giving to you right now. This is a condenser mic that I use for professional recording and I can use it across the stream. I don't use this condenser, this type of condenser on the air. Bob hated this, and I hate to call his name up so much, but these are conversations that are for real that he had and feelings he has about this kind of mic on ham radio. Um, Scotty, there's a different kind of condenser mic. Can you talk about the difference between the condenser mics that you may get on a stock radio, like the 7300 and something like this? 
Uh, sure. Um, condenser microphones, they're essentially they're capacitors. You have two plates that uh, a static charge builds up between the two of them. Uh, a common type of com a condenser mic is known as an electret microphone, and they're very popular. They're very inexpensive. Um, and uh, what an electret is, it, it is a condenser microphone. Um, but instead of having to apply voltage to the capacitor plates, the, uh, the diaphragms of the microphone, like you would have to in a traditional sort of high fidelity studio grade condenser mic, um, the electret material, the, the diaphragm, um, is actually made um, of, a, of, a, of a material that actually has a static charge um, built into it. Uh, there's several materials. I think uh, like PTFE plastic, I think, is the most common material used these days. Uh, for electric elements. And so these uh, have a, a, a small electrical charge um, just kind of baked in to the material. Um, and so they don't really need to have, be polarized. Um, and these are the type of, or, you know, externally polarized, um, like a traditional condenser. And these are what you're going to find in like the, uh, you know, the handheld mic of my, like my Yesu um, or the, the ICOM. Um, this is going to be the, the more common condenser type, type you'll see in the studio. Now, they do require a little bit of a preamp to amplify the signal, maybe shape the tone a little bit. And so like the 8 volts or the 5 volts that you'll get out of the uh, mic jack on your radio is that's for, the, uh, that's for the microphone isn't to kind of charge up the mic as a traditional condenser mic. It's to uh, power the, uh, the small preamp um, that's, the, that's needed to get the, uh, the audio gain up from the electric element. And so that's going to be the most common type of condenser you'll you'll find in rigs. I couldn't believe it, uh, Steve. I got the seventy three hundred, and I just they'll they'll come right out of the box, sounding amazing, guys. It, uh, sometimes I think you can get yourself in trouble when you go. I think I need to replace that microphone right away, you know. And I think in the past, Steve can speak to this a little bit more than I can. Some of the stock mics that came with radios back in the day probably needed and to be still upgraded. still do today. Yeah. yeah. Well, the 7300, the reason I bring that up is because I remember setting it up and thinking and hearing, that sounds really good. And I remember mm -hmm. turning it over. If you turn over your 7300's microphone on the ICOM, it'll say condenser on it. And I'm like, get out of here, man. <laughs> what? No. Bob no would way. never let this happen. How is this happening? And it's like three little dashes, like you can get audio. And I'm like, how is this a condenser? But I think Scotty just gave us a, a good lesson on how that condenser it's an is. Electret, this scenario. That's different. Steve, talk about some of the mics, maybe some of the ones that came with uh, radios in the day, how they are today, and your oh. comfort level with the Yesus. They're awful. And uh, the Yesu stock mics are just good enough. And they're, um, they'll work. They're just, uh, for me, um, I don't particularly care for them. But uh, the handheld mic that uh, the ICOM has for the 7300 is incredible. It is like, no, you don't need to replace it. I've, I've talked to guys on the on the air and they were talking about uh, wanting to replace their uh, stock mic. I'm like, going, dude, don't. You're you're fine. You you actually sound really really good, and um, and that's what we want to do. I mean, our microphone is our window to the world to, uh, as we get on the air, and uh, we want you know, we want to project ourselves in a kind of a positive light and uh, as natural as possible, and. Um, some microphones just kind of tweak things a little bit. Um, and, you know, Bob's mics were in the early days, like the um, these old HM10s um, with their elements, they've had a peak in the 2K range in 2200 hertz or 2400 hertz. And, uh, and some of the elements kind of had that natural peak. That was what Christian was talking about earlier was that you kind of have to do a little tweaking to kind of bring up the, uh, as Bob would call it, the articulation. And one of the things that Bob was a real big fan of was the Fletcher Munson curve about how our ear operates. And so we kind of have a this peak in our hearing at around 2K. Well, when you uh, tailor a microphone to to that, now you're bringing up what's the articulation and now the, the speech getting through there, but you suffer on the on the low ends or the high ends. And uh, so there, there's those tweaks and that was done. 
but uh, the stock microphones, they sucked. <laughs> I just think it's but great it, that it, the, uh, the Fletcher Munson Equal Loudness Contour comes up on a ham radio podcast. It's awesome. Exactly. Gotta love that. Yeah. Gotta love that. Oh, we'll take... Go ahead. Go on. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, we're going to take a little break here in a second, but if you have a question about microphones, what you should do, things to think about, drop a cue in front of it in the chat here. You could always, if you're listening to this on the train or on a plane or wherever you may be going, <laughs> choo-choo or automobile, <laughs> don't throw mama from the train, uh, but you can, you could always send an email or, or whatever you like to. Who's sending that over here? I don't know. I just heard somebody. That's in my mind. Scotty's got a scanner on, I think. It's, no, no, it's no. Coming in. No, no. He oh, says, no, no. But if you have an audio no question. <laughs> okay. Let's take a look at uh, this week in radio history. January 25th, 1964, USA launches its second communication satellite, the Echo 2. We'll give away a Nanu Nanu Plus. Nanu Nanu. If you can name the first communication satellite the second was called echo 2 okay on february 1st 1942 voice of america is established and that's a place where i need to get to i need to get there everybody tells me you got to get over to the voice of america the museum and see the radios and do it all and i'm like yeah i think you're right february 2nd 1982 intel introduced the 80286 processor that changed the world, didn't Steve? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Don't forget the Nanu Nanu Plus. We're giving away 67 of those tonight. Uh, because uh, Scotty and I, uh, we really need to unload these things. Here for I hope so. We really need to get rid of those. So tell us uh, what preceded the Echo 2 and satellite communications. And that's that. There are some events going on, and uh, we have to queue up the sexy music for that. Oh, get oh, your ticket man. to that. Oh, Love train. Got to work, since we're talking about microphones, I got to work the uh, proximity effect of this directional microphone, and oh, yeah. Yeah, get, get, on, get <laughs> on in there. Get on in you there. Get on in there. Tickle it with your nose. <laughs> We, we have some events happening uh, in the coming weekend. <laughs> on <laughs> Saturday, 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 we have, the, uh, Saturday. <laughs> uh, we have quite a few uh, QSO parties happening next weekend. Uh, February 4, Minnesota QSO party is going down. Uh, February 4th and 5th, the Vermont QSO party. Uh, also on the 4th and 5th of February is the British Columbia QSO party. So our Canadian friends having a having it on the air get together. What's that all um, about? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also uh, next weekend, 4th and 5th, a uh, 1010 International Winter Contest, single sideband. And with the way 10 meters has been rocking, that ought to be a, a fun one to, uh, to play around in. Um, I'll see a special event uh, the day the music died. Um, Whiskey Zero Whiskey November Delta uh, in Clear Lake, Iowa is having a, a special event station. Um, I guess uh, you know, the day the music died, that's when the, the plane crashed. That's yes, sir. Buddy Holly and the, the Big Bopper. Um, and uh, Bouvet Island Expedition, there's some updates. Team's almost there. They're expecting to uh, reach the island on Monday evening. Um, and then from then they'll be using some uh, some Kodiak some Kodiak boats to uh, get the gear shuttled onto shore over the next few days. Uh, and also I was reading there has been a, uh, a retweet Twitter campaign of sorts going on um, trying to get SpaceX to uh, help the uh, the expedition with the Starlink satellite internet connection. So that's pretty cool. Um, of so, course, uh, uh, Uncle yeah. Paul on the Discord has uh, has updates coming uh, about the Bove Island expedition uh, on the Discord um, and some other uh, events uh, happening on the Discord channel, um, the events channel on the Discord as well. So, well I'm back you to you, much. Christian. Thank you very much, Scotty. Scotty out there on the scene. He's by the train tracks. He's on the good side of the tracks, ah. baby. Ooh. If you find value yeah. in 100 Watts in a Wire, you can support the content and the community you enjoy by visiting buymeacoffee.com slash 100 watts. It's as easy as buying us a cup of coffee or consider the benefits of a monthly contribution. Our dipole level is a dollar an episode. 
just $4 a month. That's cheaper than a real cup of coffee, y'all. Visit buymeacoffee.com slash 100 watts today and thank you. Thanks to our new supporters, Paul. He is very famous. He's ham famous. Paul WD9GCO. You know him from Amateur Radio Newsline. He, he's got the big pants. He wears the big pants over there at Amateur Radio Newsline. Sweet. It's bulbous. <laughs> That's what I hear. And W. Kirby, not to be undone by W. Kirby. Thank you. He may actually be here this evening. We appreciate you for supporting us and uh, the content in the community that you enjoy. Thank you uh, so much. A uh, lot of uh, stuff going on. We had a question from Sheena Marie. This is the 0.1% of all the ladies in amateur radio. We have one of them. So I know she's the only one today. She had a question. Um, is an EQ or a mixer worth it? Or is uh, all in the microphone? Is it all in the microphone? Great question, Sheena. Thank you for asking that. And um, I know she's a new ham, so I want to tread lightly here because I think uh, I, I remember thinking in the early days that I may not be able to afford this hobby because of all the things I had seen people who've been in the game for a long time had. And I was like, I can't get that. Well, now I got to buy this. And, um, you know, I think a good microphone is worth it. Absolutely. And I think, um, you know, says the audio guy. <laughs> but, you know, depending on the radio you have, like it's, it's going to get tricky here, this conversation. I'm going to have to have the guys jump in here as well because I think a good microphone is important. There are some EQ settings in these modern rigs. Uh, if you have one uh, that you can kind of tweak a little bit, but even my ICOM 7610, I mean, you can only add a little, you know, can add treble, take it away, give a little bass, take it away. It's not so sophisticated. Um, so, yes, but I know that you're new and I don't want to frighten you with the things that you can possibly do with audio here. So I'll lean into, yeah, I think a good microphone is worth it. And I'm going to um, send it to Steve to think, uh, send his thoughts over. Well, I'm, and you're right. The microphone is it's is the the foundation. It's where uh, where we stand and where we start. And depending on the microphone, so I got two of them here. These are Hiles. So uh, this one right here with the purple band is a HM12, and it's basically an all a, a flat audio microphone it's good from the lows all the way to 12k and above so way outside of our lane and but it's it's pretty well flat when you look at a, a graph on it here this is the uh, hm10 with the uh, hc5 element in it so basically there i was telling you about that little bump at about uh two kilohertz that will accentuate your voice at that at that frequency and it'll be a and it basically is equalizing it so for me if i was using just strictly a, a flat microphone like this i would probably go through an equalizer uh, just for the mere fact that if you want to start working dx or you want to work the bouvet island that's coming up so you want to start bringing up you want to take the lows out of your voice and you want to start concentrating it more on the upper end. Sheena, you got the, you already have that just by the nature of most female voices are going to be on the higher side. And so you're going to have that punch. And if you ever, when you start operating more on HF or if you're listening, you will hear women and younger kids with the higher voices before the teenage boys, you know, they drop and then their audio goes goes lower they will break through the pileups so you have that natural advantage right because the, the 2k is is uh, accentuated so for us dudes um if you're using a flat microphone as we'll just call the 12 uh then having a mixer in there to kind of bump up the mid-range to kind of and then reduce the lows you can tailor it a lot faster yes you can do it on the radio 
but like uh, my Yesus, you got to start going into the menus. You got to start drilling down. And it, if you're, you know, operating or something, you just reach over. If you got a mixer, just twist the knob and away you go. Now, if you start utilizing other microphones like the RE20 or, or PR40 or any of the other uh, studio grade microphones, now you're dealing with a mic that is more of a balanced microphone versus an unbalanced microphone. And the, having a mixer is a nice device that will help reduce audio and interface it in there. So there, there's a number of, of things you can, um, you can use the mixer for. Don't go, if you decide to go one, don't go stupid crazy and get some big 32 position mixer. Woo! A little, woo, yeah, baby. Uh, a little four band, uh, a four channel mixer like a Mackie or a Lesis or a Behringer will will do the job. And, uh, and, and you, can, you can get a lot out of it. But uh, is it really, really needed? No. If so you want to experiment, if you want to experiment with audio, and uh, and kind of change things around a little bit, yes, but it's uh, it's not a necessary item. The thirty-two position board is called the Kama Sutra board. <laughs> it uh, works very well when you're ready for that. Uh, Scotty, uh, chime in on this one here about the first microphones. Keeping in mind, I think that um, we're usually a, a one of the first stops for newer hams coming in. And I just want to preface everything that we say here is that I've been doing audio for 30 years, some form of it. Usually this this side of the microphone, Scotty's an engineer. Uh, Steve's been a ham for over 40 years. So we have to get ourselves back into the mindset of starting new and what comes out of that box. And, you know, I, I always default you're doing the best you can with what you have. Uh, but yeah, the the mic is important. Your audio is important to definitely guys like us. But we know that you're at the beginning of your journey, Scotty. Uh, any advice? Any tips? Yeah, I mean, it does all start. As Steve Steve was saying, it does start at the microphone. That is the uh, the the audio lens, so to speak, that captures your voice and turns it into the electrical signal uh, to begin with. So. Um, uh, the biggest change in your transmit audio um, would probably be from the mic. If it, and there's, and as Steve was saying, there's there's a bunch of mics um, that are available to us. Um, high fidelity microphones like this. I'm talking right now into a Shure SM7B. Um, this microphone, I've used it in front of my Yesu before, and it it, it needs it sounds it's a good sounding mic, it's a dynamic mic, um, but it's uh, it's too broad band for single sideband radio and, and I, I usually need to filter the bottom end out a lot and, and goose the, uh, the upper mid-range around 2-3k to get some uh, some articulation as Dr. Heil would say uh, in my transmit audio um, but as far as getting a mixer um, microphone um, before the mixer the mixer is one of these sort of luxury items that you'll come across once you get into it for a while and once you uh, start accumulating radios um, I have a small mixer in my shack now, and I'm actually planning on at, and on putting in a thirty, a thirty-two position um, mixer. No, not quite that big. Um, I am doing a mixer upgrade in my shack in the coming weeks, and I'm actually going to do a, a video um, for the uh, for 100 watts on wire one on that uh, on that install and go over small mixer sort of basics. Um, but uh, mostly, what I have it for is for my receive audio. I have all my radios in my shack are all. Well, the reason I'm getting a bigger one is I need want every single audio source in my shack to dump into the mixer so that I have a small fader and an equalizer available on the receive audio of all of my rigs. And those all go to a common speaker, uh, and then I can adjust the balance. I can use the panner on the mixer to move one radio to the left speaker, move another radio to the right speaker if I'm monitoring two sources at once. So those, these are sort of luxury items that uh, are fun to have, but not until you've kind of been in it a while and you've and you've got you've collected some gear. Um, the mixer itself is not going to um, do a, a whole lot for your your transmit audio, other than a little bit of EQ. The microphone definitely would come first before any of that sort of stuff. Thank you for that, Scotty. Thank you for that question. If you have a question, put a Q in front of it. You can ask it at any time during the week on our socials. We've got Discord. We've got Facebook. We've got TikTok. I did my first TikTok live uh, yesterday, last night, for about 35 minutes. 
And I said to the people, this is uh, my first time doing this, and I don't even know how to stop it. Like, I don't even know how to stop. So I'm like, if I throw my phone across the room like this, you kind of know that it might be the end, and I'll try to figure out how to get out of it later. But it was kind of a blast. You know, I think it's uh, live streaming is definitely a fun part of it. But we'll take questions from any of our social media, and we welcome here uh, you here every week, uh, Sunday, 6 o'clock, and then drop your a question here in the chat. We'll be looking for those. If you have one, put a cue in front of it uh, now. So it's time for us to move over to Hamfest. There was one yesterday, not too far from here, about 35, 40 minutes away in Collinsville, Illinois. But I was on dad duties yesterday, which is totally fine, but I didn't get to look under the table for no, not Gordo's. <laughs> you dirty person, you! I didn't see no gordos, but uh, I would have been looking for coax and probably picking up those small connectors and things like that that you think about. Alas, I didn't get to do that. Kick it! Um, but there are still more ham fest to go. Scotty's got some to tell us about. What's going on? Uh, a couple coming up for uh, next weekend, uh, both on February 4th. Um, Groundhog oh. Ham Fest in Almond, New York is happening. Um, and also the Mine Creek Ham Fest. And uh, not quite sure how to pronounce that. Um, what you got there? L A C Y G N E, Kansas. La Kine. Yeah. Did you spell that right? La Kine, Kansas. That's my. That's my. Uh, that's my guess. I'm. It's my answer. I'm sticking. Sticking to it. L a c y g n e, Kansas. Yeah. Those are the only two that I uh, that came across uh, for the Hamfest next weekend. Right. Um, that information yeah. is posted on the Discord channel and the events uh, and the events channel on the Discord. Right on. If you have a club or a gathering happening, uh, let us know. We'll share it in the events. Uh, with you and Scotty's uh, doing a really great job of putting these in uh, the events channel so if you miss it on the show you can't remember you're driving along it's there that information is there for you I want to remind you about the 100 watts in a wire website 100 watts in a wire.com you can join the community there uh, check out the park uh, the podcast archive you can register for a 100 watt ID there we share those during activity days we do a couple every year we do uh, the spring tune-up. We do a tune-up and a fallout. Different parts of the year. We share our IDs. We also share them on the Sunday evening net. Uh, and everything is free. You can go there, check it out. If you wanted to purchase and show your team colors, we've got a shop there at 100wattsandawire.com as well. Uh, mugs, stickers, sweatshirts, you name it. 100wattsandawire.com. It'll get you to all of our social media stuff. It's It's kind of like the hub all right we've got a lot of questions if any are coming in we'll we'll find them and uh we've got a a bunch to talk about oh no i'm playing the wrong music no stop that stop that that was great we were getting ready to go in a different i'm like hitting the wrong train it's just a button get on the train everybody that's right no okay we're not going to do the train uh at the moment all right, I just want to mention something. We have been talking about an audio pioneer and a extremely well-known ham radio operator, I will say, in Bob Heil. And I think Bob has done a tremendous job of really putting himself out there to the, to the ham radio community. And um, you hear about his products all the time on the air. Um, doesn't mean they're bad, doesn't mean they're great, but I do, I do think though, it's worth asking around, you know, I use a dynamic, these guys are using dynamic microphones on, on the air. Um, but you hear these guys talk about them all the time. I got to hire this, I got to hire that. And, you know, I just want to encourage you to do your research because most people sound like they hear it's great for Bob and it's great for business. I wish I could do it. Where people are just talking about me all the time. Usually it's that dumb old son of a bitch, a Polish bald guy, you know, 100 watts in a wire, my ass. He's over there putting fire in the wire. I hear him. He's 20, got an amp, damn it. 20 over. I see the amp right there. You know, get it all wrong. But anyway, I'm just saying, I think there's so much talk about specific microphones and gear on the air that you can shop around and find other options. But oh, we God, know. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of talk about the Hiles, and I know people are just buying them because their buddies got them. And we're all looking for that quick answer of, just tell me what to buy. 
Okay. So I don't think you can really go wrong with it, um, but there's a lot of other options out there. If that makes sense. Oh yeah, that makes sense. The, I mean, you can you can go down to Amazon and get those little nineteen dollar gaming headsets that uh, that the computer gamers use, and uh, they sound fantastic on the air. So yeah, you don't have to go with a Heil. It's it's a known name, and it's you you get a quality product. You and it's uh, and you pay for the product. But there are other microphones out there, and don't get hung up on the brand, on the name. Yeah, you know, uh, an RE twenty or whatever, or PR forty, or you know, or uh, MV seven or SV, you know, whatever uh, microphones are out there. Just find something that works for you, and if you sound great with it, and it only costs you twenty bucks, good on yeah. you. Even better. Yeah, you see yeah. this on the air sometimes, and people are. And it's nothing against anything. I think if you go and get yourself a Heil microphone, just like if you buy yourself a Neumann or a Sennheiser, you're dealing with quality anyhow. So you're you're going to have... But one thing I do want to pass on, that every microphone, every voice, every room that you're in, it's going to be different. And I know mm -hmm. people hate that, but it's true. And I got an engineer and another buddy here to tell you, Every voice is different that I've ever taken anyone into the studio. The reason why there's so many microphones in the studio is because not every voice sounds the same through it. It may not be playing right in the room. So there are some other considerations to take in and uh, get what you can afford. If you need help, drop us a question. Waka, waka. Speaking of yeah, questions. And, and understand, I mean, the biggest thing is understand the microphone types, what the elements are, you know, are you dealing with a with a condenser mic, which is just fine. It just remember, you're gonna have a microphone that's super sensitive. So if you got fans in your ham shack or noisy relays, those are gonna be picked up. Um, it, where a, con a dynamic microphone is gonna be, you gotta give it some gain because it's not as sensitive, but it's directional and it's you can utilize it in a noisier environment versus a condenser. So knowing the elements that you're using, I mean, even if you're using a ribbon microphone, it's going to have a total different uh, characteristics than either a condenser or a dynamic, right, uh, Scotty? Well, yeah, and actually, technically, a ribbon microphone qualifies as a dynamic microphone. It's uh, it's got a it's electromagnetics. I'd like to uh, touch on you talked about microphone sensitivity between a condenser and a dynamic, and I, I just wanted to uh, just share a little bit on that and, and why that is between the two different types of microphones, and it has to do with the the diaphragm and what they're made out of. So your typical condenser microphone, whether it's an electret. Um, which is more common for radios or like no uh, Christian's Neumann, um, a kind of a studio style condenser microphone. Is the uh, the diaphragm is is very thin, um, you know, a couple microns thick. It's it's on a traditional condenser. It's gold sputtered, um, and so it doesn't take a whole lot of sound pressure level in the room. A lot of a lot of molecule. It doesn't take a lot of pressure in the room to get that diaphragm to wiggle. Um, and uh, and produce an electrical voltage where dynamic microphones are literally just like a speaker. If you've ever looked at a speaker, you have the speaker, you got the cone, and then on the back you have the magnet assembly. And that is literally exactly how a dynamic microphone works. We have a diaphragm and literally glued to the back of a little plastic thin diaphragm is a copper tube. Uh, and that is set in a magnetic assembly in the head of the microphone. And um, and then that, that moves with sound pressure levels and moves the, the, the copper tube in the magnetic field and creates our, our voltage. But that assembly is a lot heavier. It's, it's it takes a little bit more pressure to move that that doesn't require the same amount of sound pressure level to move a condenser microphone. So that's the biggest reason why condenser microphones are so much more uh, sensitive, especially to off axis sounds. If I have a sound approaching the microphone from the side, um, that the air pressure um, uh, pushing against the diaphragm, the diaphragm on the condenser is going to react to that a little bit more than that of a dynamic microphone. And so you get better, you do get better off-axis rejection um, on a dynamic uh, than uh, with a condenser microphone. So they both have their places, but uh, yeah, a condenser microphone in a room that's real echoey, you'll, uh, you'll, you'll, it'll suck it, suck it right in the mic, especially if you apply some compression and it'll really suck the room in. Okay. Well, very good. Thank you. If you guys have a question... Uh, please uh, put it in the chat here, put a que uh, question mark in front of it, and we will pull it out for you. We are going to uh, take some questions now, 
And uh, let's see here. We'll pull those up. Okie dokie. Let's start over here with the first question of the evening. Oh, no, I lost my spot. Here we go. Uh, what is the purpose of a dummy load? Steve, over to you. <laughs> a Washington purpose of State. a dummy load is to uh, just uh, terminate your uh, your transmitter into a perfect load. And it's, uh, but the biggest purpose of it is, is to not to cause interference with, uh, other users on the frequency. So instead of, uh, you know, if you're going to tune up an amplifier or tune up a radio, you, uh, load it into a dummy load. The dummy load absorbs all the RF energy, radiates very little. So, but, uh, you're not putting a massive signal out onto the, uh, onto the uh, airwaves you can do the same thing with audio amplifiers you can have a dummy load for audio amplifiers that uh you don't have to uh you're you know aligning or troubleshooting a uh, uh an audio amplifier you're not uh, blasting it into a speaker hmm. and uh you just have it in into a dummy load so yep same same concept uh if you're like here let me give you one more example it's like a load box for your battery so that's uh, another um, uh, use for it. So think of it that way. Uh, calling in on the phone right now, we have a comment from Dr. Bob himself. Hi, Bob. Don't get off. Sin oh, don't get off axes. Oh, no. You got to suck it. You got to be right here. Okay. Ah. Are we still, we're still on the air. We're talking about <laughs> microphones, right, Bob? Okay, <laughs> great. All right. Next question. Are there nets for digital modes? Scotty, go. <laughs> I run a little FT8 during the 100 watts and wire net. Um, more of you know, so more of a, just like a check-in thing. There's a, obviously no no QSO happening with FT8, but I just kind of run it as a little side dig digital thing during the uh, while Steve and Paul and and Don are on the air. All right, I would Steve, imagine do you, know you any? could do it with a uh, keyboard to keyboard type mode yeah, like um gritty or uh, even jsa call was popular during winter field mm -hmm. day over this weekend i tried to get in on some of that but i had an issue with the laptop i was i had brought with me so i couldn't get that working but yeah any keyboard to keyboard mode would be would certainly have a net with that okay we'll take a cha chat question now uh from john john is victor echo 5 juliet hotel november question what about the blue yeti microphones and the blue yeti i have a couple of them here that i picked up during the pandemic and that was for uh a podcast that i had been working on i sent them out to members of the team so they would have something this is a usb microphone that goes into your computer so i've never used the blue yeti beyond uh maybe even this kind of work or a zoom sort of presentation scotty any thoughts on a uh, usb style microphone and ham radio Oh, the biggest issue would be how are you going to get the signal into the radio? With the, I mean, with USB, you have the the five volts powering it. You're going to have an analog to digital converter in, built into the microphone, and it's going to be outputting a digital signal. So it's be very very difficult to use a mic like that in in a radio without a, a fancy interface to convert it all back to analog and get it into the radio. I would think it'd be doable. I mean, you sure. just have to util utilize the speaker output of your computer and then but you you could probably use some virtual mixing software or whatever but that's a lot of effort uh more, more of a pain in the source i would think yeah exactly okay well thank you for that question john uh they are very good sounding mics for your your zoom calls those kind of meetings presentations off-site remote work kind of thing even recording podcasts but you just have to remember they're going directly into your side of your computer and it sounds like it might be tricky to try to get it into your ham radio so to speak i would assume they're condenser microphones uh or i don't think they're dynamic from no, what i've seen of them yeah i don't think they are condenser i think they're dynamic mics they just have different oh. polar patterns right scotty am i wrong here i think um, they're they it's probably an electret of some kind since it's oh, usb oh, 
Oh, and you can yeah, you can have actually, variable polar patterns with condenser why we, microphones. That's why we got the conductor here. Direct, directional microphones <laughs> yes, are not right. strictly limited to the dynamic mics. There's plenty of directional. We have the man on mics. the L train. Yes, yeah, we so, got the L train oh, conductor I, here. Choo, the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's an electret. Electret. See, he's a sexy talker too. Another question: What are some common activities in radio clubs? Great question. I'll start with this one. I think they're all different. They all have different focuses. Some of them were established just to contest. Some are more of a social gathering. Others are, you know, they get out and do portable operations. We've heard um, folks call in who are now taking over the lead of their radio club and trying to get more park activations, get more of the uh, older folks out more and doing that sort of thing. I think all clubs are different. Steve, what do you think? Yeah, exactly. They're, the focus is, it depends on the club. So like you mentioned, the uh, there's uh, the contester clubs that that's their their focus of uh, is contesting and D, uh, DX clubs uh, with their focus on, on DX. There are repeater clubs that uh, focus on the support of the repeater and uh, and all the activities that go with that. But I would say probably one of the most common that around, through all the clubs is going to be field day. And uh, and then with POTA being so popular is, um, and that's just another offshoot of uh, a field day. That's just a year-long, you know, year-round field day. But uh, each club will kind of have its own unique uh, style and flair to to each other, and uh, and then finding your club, and that's uh, just because you go to this one club and it uh, doesn't really fit your needs. It's okay to shop for another club and uh, find your people, and uh, and you'll be you'll enjoy the the club life. Scotty, any thoughts on the clubs? Yeah, I do like this kind of trend of uh, kind of younger folks kind of coming or younger hams coming into leadership in clubs and kind of bringing some some breathing a little fresh air into things. I know with uh, with my local county club, there there's a, there's a big focus on uh, digital communication, so they're doing a lot of um, a lot they're practicing with WinLink and um, and doing various things with FL Digi to communicate. Um, and then, I'm in a unique location where I have access to several counties, just, you know, just a minute's drive at Baltimore County and Arundel County, Carroll County. And, those, and, uh, and I'm in Howard County and all those clubs got, they got cool things going on. And so I can get involved with all of, uh, all of that if I, if I choose. All right. Good deal. Got another question we get to, we have a couple minutes to take some from the chat too. If you want to do something while we are still here together, live coverage of the Sunday evening net will follow on the live stream. Again, as you're listening to this on your commute, um, please join us when you're free. If not, we will hand deliver the podcast to your device. Scotty does that too. He jumps right on the train. Choo-choo. And he's off <laughs> with all of your uh, subscriptions to the podcast. Here's another question. Are awards only given through the ARRL? No. Great question. No. That's an awesome question. Uh, CQ uh, Magazine does awards uh, for their contests uh, that are sponsored by them. Uh, QRZ, the website, has uh, quite a few awards uh, on there. There's just a ton of them if you want to work for some awards and uh, – a lot easier to get than uh, through the ARRL, but uh, but uh, their ARRL is not the only game in town anymore. They used to be, but not anymore. I think uh, EQSL does awards too for those mm-hmm. that are using the EQSL website. I always liked uh, special events. You know what I mean? I know this isn't awards, but you can get certificates. I like getting certificates, or I don't hang certificates in my shack, but I like getting. Uh, QSL cards for working special events, like in my mail stuff, things Hmm. that I achieve making contacts and kind of my award might be that Bouvet Island card, right? That's going to get framed and be sitting right up wherever (laughs) you can see it. I'm going to be showing off, but I hope to get them. I hope to get them. But awards, I think that's another personal thing. That's one of those things where if you're into that, we call it like wallpaper, right? If you're into it, it's totally cool, man. It's totally cool if that's your your thing. But it sounds like you can get them by doing other stuff. 
and special events and working de expeditions. So I hope that helps you. A uh, really cool question, though. Thank you for that. And you can send these questions anytime. Drop me an email, social media, Discord, Facebook, TikTok. What am I missing? I don't know. We're somewhere else, too. And YouTube. You can send them there as well. Probably have time for one more question unless somebody has one in the chat here. We'll grab it real quick. Uh, last question of this show. Is operating at low power safer than operating a high power station? Mm -hmm. now, I think mm -hmm. that's a great question, too. Thank you for that. Tell them, Steve. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's uh, let's just go with what's required of us uh, for our FCC license. And that's RF exposure. Um, we have to do the survey and, uh, definitely operating at lower powers reduces those RF exposures, uh, to us and, uh, and to the uncontrolled, uh, environment, uh, mainly people that are not part of the station. So, uh, yeah, no, it, it's a big safety has a uh, factor. Um, it, uh, Typically, our radios run on 12 volts, and then once you start to get up into higher powers and you're utilizing a, a tube-based amplifier, you're now dealing with high voltages that uh, can be in the couple thousand volt range. So if you like to get your fingers underneath the covers, uh, then you can get bit. Oh! So, uh, oh! <laughs> Forgot to tell you, but, uh... uh you got a thing know. going on with HR, you know, it's, it's weird. Is, is Sherry back? Oh, no. Rephrase that. Rephrase that if you like to get your hands <laughs> under the covers. Okay. The covers just, of the amplifier. That's right. That, to see? But nice catch. Oh, jeez. Oh, uh, I explained back. it all. She's back. Okay. okay. You know, I'm going to see here, Sherry. It's all good. I think it's that there is a fear. I can tell you back when I got my first amplifier, it was a... Ameritron, it had been used, it had three tubes, and I kept reading, you could die with, you know, like, and mm -hmm. I was like, don't touch the chassis, you could die, you know, and I was, I, there was a fear built in, and I needed to change a tube at one point, and I didn't, I uh, went to unplug this thing, as it's kind of uh, what you're talking about, but I think there is a fear factor with amateur radio, it doesn't need to be, oh, I was just so new that I didn't know. And I accidentally brushed up against, I think I unplugged this thing, but there was still a little bit of life going through the uh, cord and I touched the, uh, the chassis, I guess. And I got a shock like, oh boy, I could still feel that day. Like, ooh, so any other work I did taking that, the hood off of that amplifier, man, I, I would unplug it. It would sit for a long time before I went back and touched it. So let those caps drain. Mm -hmm. Interesting, great question, but it, there was a little bit of, uh, yeah, I don't know about this, man. Maybe I'm not cut out for this. And then I just learned I got to put it down, unplug it, let it let it run out, like Scotty says, and and there you or go. Or you could rig up a little, you know, out, you know, little 10K resistor and create your own little cat bleeder. And... <laughs> yeah, I didn't know no, my A from my elbow back then. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was just like, I could die. And I was shocked. I was like, oh, and, and so somebody you know, was like, take a screwdriver and just go across the, the, the terminals and <laughs> yeah, spark them the out. Old chicken the old chicken stick. And uh, some people called it the Jesus stick, too. <laughs> yeah, come and to so, Jesus. I wasn't ready for that. Yeah. I, I'm not ready yeah. for that now, right, Pastor Joe? I was apparently not ready. I got to keep the uh, rosary spinning. Anyway, I think uh, we had a good one. The hour goes by so fast. I have a question for you guys. And I want to know the link to this, everything in the description. It's all there, all the links. But what are you struggling with? Let us know what you're dealing with as a new ham or even a ham that's been around for a while. If you need help, just say something. It's a lot easier. And uh, I think the people here at 100 Watts and Wire are more inclined to help dig in and dig you out of trouble than some other places, per se. So don't feel silly about asking a question or being stuck no matter where you are on your trip in ham radio. And I think we all kind of dig it. You know what I mean? It's uh, being of service here and trying to help people along and make those contacts you want to make. All right. That's all I got to say about that. Fun along the way. Yes, sir. 
All right, Steve. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We'll be headed off now into our Sunday evening net again. You guys are always welcome to join us for the live recording of the podcast episodes, Sundays at 6 o'clock. We'd love to have you here. Thank you to everyone who came by tonight. Great questions again. Uh, Fun to be with you. And now we're going to make some radio contacts. Any final words, Steve-O, W7UDI? Oh, just have a great upcoming week, and uh, hopefully I won't get my butt kicked, and uh, look forward to catching you guys on the air tonight. Scotty, Kilo Charlie 3, BXN, go! Bravo X-Ray Norway. Uh, no, everyone have a great week, 7-3. I'll be hanging out for the net, too. Probably run a little FT8 on the side, and uh, hopefully you guys will stick, uh, stick with us for the net, and uh, have a great week. If not, I'll see you all next weekend. All right, look after each other. Do your best. Take care of yourselves. And by all means, if you can, please try and stay above the noise. 73, everybody. 73, y'all. 73. To join the 100 Watts in a Wire community, visit 100wattsinawire.com.